Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. You remember a little course we used to sing, I may occasionally do it, but it came out many years ago. It became very popular in, in, in worship circles around. And uh, maybe you probably still remember it that says, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Sing it together. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. You know, oftentimes when when people uh, talk or think about salvation, uh, it's postmortem. And what does postmortem mean? It means after death. It means collect after death, postmortem. And for many people, salvation is postmortem. I gave my heart to the Lord, I'm born again, and someday, because I gave my heart to the Lord, I'm going to heaven, postmortem, after I die. Oh, but salvation is so much more than that. You know, uh, it's about life now. It's about kingdom living now. In fact, that was the message of Jesus. More than anything else, he came declaring the kingdom. In Mark chapter 1, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The message Bible says, time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. It's about what God continually does in our heart as believers. It's about experiencing kingdom living right now. Let's go to our theme verse in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. We've been looking at it for several weeks, talking about life precepts. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, and this is from the New Living Translation. And uh, I want you to just read that out loud with me, would you please? Let's, let's read from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 together. Ready? For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been placed into a different kingdom as believers. We, have, we are citizens in the kingdom of God. Now, the mystery of the kingdom of God is that it is both future and present. The kingdom of God is now and the kingdom of God is coming. Jesus said that when we pray, we should say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a future reign of Christ, the kingdom of God, but there's a reign of the Lord in our lives today, in our hearts, putting him first, 
that kingdom of God lives in us today. And uh, the Bible says that it is the Father's, it's his good pleasure or joy to give us the keys to the kingdom. Now, when you've got the keys or access to something, that means you're able to get on the inside, right? You have access to it. And a lot of people see that God has things for them or has promises for them, has uh, so much in his word for them, but it seems like they just don't have the key, the right key. Anybody have just bunches of keys laying around the house and you don't have a clue what most of them fit? Oh, we do. I, I do. A, you know, you could try, you could take those right now. I could take all my keys and try to get in the front door here, but there's only one that gives me access. And we have access in the kingdom through Jesus Christ. He's the only key. And we have access into living according to the kingdom principles, and that access comes through the key of faith. So we're talking about We've talked about six life principles, and now we're on number seven. Now, understand that all seven of these life, and I'm saying there's just seven, but we're looking at seven primary ones. They're all interconnected. You don't just isolate one. You, all of these seven precepts are needed or necessary, and they work together. They operate together. And the, the life precept we're looking at today is the fact that faith is the key. And actually, we understand that God's given us the blueprint for victorious living for purpose and significance. And that is only lived out through faith. So I want you to look at some basic things about faith and then, then I want to talk to you about the eyes of faith. I want to talk about the eyes of your heart, the eyes of faith for just a few minutes this morning. Uh, this is part one. We'll, Lord willing, we'll finish it next week. First of all, you need to always understand that faith is. Faith is not going to be. Hope is what's going. You're hoping for something that's out in the future. Faith is now. Faith, faith is now. You've already received it. it. It's yours. Faith is now. So there's a difference between hoping and faith. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, familiar with to most of you, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. Now it's a little bit wordy, I understand, but look at the Amplified. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You have title deed to a property. It's yours whether you've ever seen it or whether you've ever walked on it. It's yours. And faith is that title deed that says this is yours you find God's promises, you find God's word, you find what he's done for you, you receive it, you believe it, it is yours. Have confidence in that. Faith is. Faith is now. Faith is recognizing God's promises instead of your circumstances. Faith is necessary. Everybody has faith about something or in something. When we talk about faith, faith in the, God, in the Lord, faith in his word, true faith, Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you, would you gather from that that faith is important? You cannot please God without it. So it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly seek him. Faith is a gift. You have the potential to believe because God, of God's grace. You cannot believe apart from His grace and enablement. 
Every person was given the ability to make choices, freedom to choose. And the Lord gave you that freedom. He gave mankind that freedom. And He made possible to us the ability to believe, to make choices and to believe. So in that sense, faith is a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. The Bible says that every person is given the measure of faith. Is given from whom? The Lord. So faith is a gift. Faith is like seed. You have to plant it. You get the word of God, the promises, you plant it. You water it by meditating on the word, by confessing the word. Faith must be developed. It's not stagnant. You begin to waver, you go this way. Or you develop it and you grow in that. Faith must be developed through the Word, through using your faith, exercising it. And look at this extremely important verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, when it comes to faith. It says, for we walk or live by faith. Now that's talking to you and me. He says, here's how you live. You live by faith, not faith. By sight. Now, let's face it. Wouldn't you say that most people are influenced more by what they see, what they feel by their emotions, oftentimes more than they are by the truth, by God's Word? We are in a sense-driven world. I mean, look at media. Look at, look at what happens in advertising. It goes toward our senses to get you to move. It stirs you up, your emotions. But the Bible says you don't live by that. You don't live by your emotions. You don't live by your feelings. This is not what determines your decisions. This is not how you chart the course for your life. It's not just what you see. It's not what you're encountering. Here's how you live. You live by faith. You don't necessarily see it, but you live by it. Amplified Bible says, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Live like we really believe what God said. Can you imagine that? I think, think about this moment. Can you imagine that as a believer living like you really believe what God says? Well, that's, that's a standard for all of us, isn't it? But sometimes when you're just moved by circumstances and feelings, thinking about it, it's very difficult to do that. Now, your faith is only as strong as the object or foundation of your faith. If you're going to trust in something, you need to know how dependable the source is, right? If someone's going to tell you something or make a promise to you, you need to know, well, is this person reliable? Is this person dependable? Well, I got good news. You place your faith in God. There is no other source that's more reliable and dependable than He is. He keeps His Word. He watches over His Word to perform it. And there's just two basic things that we need when we really base our faith upon God as, as our object. Just two things we just really need down deep inside of us when it comes to to. God is our foundation, our basis for faith. Two things. Number one, our God is able. He's able. So when you're believing God, when you're exercising faith, 
First of all, you must believe he's able to do it. He's able. He's big enough. He's powerful enough. He can do it. God, you can do it. The second thing you must believe to walk in faith is that he's willing. You got to have both. There's a lot of people who believe that God is able. They're not sure whether he's willing or not. And there's probably some that believe that the Lord really wants to do that, but he's not able to do it for some reason. But when we build upon God as the object, the subject, the, the, the object, the foundation of our faith, we come to a point of believing that our God is able. Nothing is too difficult. And our God is willing. He gives good gifts to his children. He's our healer. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's our source of life, love. He's, he's willing. I, I know it's more important for us to know and believe that we're on God's side, but some of us just really need to also realize that as a believer and a follower of Christ, God's on your side. He's not against you. He's for you. He's for you. In order for faith to rise up in your life, you need to have the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, enlightened. Your eyes must be open. When you see things through the eyes of faith, God is always bigger than your problems. So we need to learn to see the eyes of our heart, our spirit, what's down on the inside. Get faith down inside us. See, have eyes of faith. See the invisible. Expect the impossible. Some examples of that in Scripture. Let me hit them very quickly. There's several of them, but let me give you a few. Abraham. Abraham had his faults. <laughs> if you read the Scripture at all, you can say, Abraham had some issues. But it's an extraordinary thing when you read about, in the New Testament, when you read about Abraham, he's described as uh, Abraham believed and was counted to him for righteousness. The Bible refers to Abraham as a friend of God. What about that? But when God first spoke to Abraham, or a Abram at that time, he was living in, I love this, he was living in the land or the country named Ur. You are Ur. And God, I don't know exactly how this was communicated. I don't know. I don't know. But God spoke to him and said, I want you to leave your family and go to a land that I will show you. He didn't say, now here's a map. And here's where I want you to go. You just follow this route right here. He said, no, I want you to leave your family and everything. I want you to start out. Of course, he didn't. He took a nephew along. I think that caused problems later on. But, but he... He, he decided that, uh, he said, all right, I believe he heard God. He believed God. He walked out in faith and he went to a place that he knew not. He went from earth and knew not. That took faith, step by step. You know, isn't that how faith works a lot of times? One step at a time. One day at a time. I want to hear from you, Lord. And you know, later on when he had the, the promise of God and his son Isaac was born and grew up being a young man and this strange word came to him that the Lord said I want you to go up on the mountain I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice now that didn't seem logical it didn't make sense after all this is a promised son through him was supposed to 
the nations were going to be blessed. This was his lineage, generations. But in obedience, he took a step of faith. He didn't understand it, but he took a step of faith, and he went up the mountain with, with his son Isaac. But he could see with the eyes of the heart and the eyes of faith. He didn't understand it all, but he had the eyes of faith. How do I know that? Because when he responded to his son and said, he said, where are we going, Dad? What are we going to do? Well, how do you break the news to your son? Hey, son, we're going up here. I'm going to lay you down and kill you. No, that, no. What did he respond? Here's what he said. He says, we're going up to make a sacrifice, and then we are coming back. He said, well, I'm worried. What am I going to do? My son's going to die. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? He said, God promised me this, and even though circumstances go entirely against this, I believe God is going to bring me through this, and I don't know whether my son's going to die and they be resurrected or what, but I'm coming back with my son alive because God said this is the way it's going to be. Sometimes you've got to walk through some of those spots. Happened to Abraham. And then, you know, God kind of gives us some little encouragement time to time. We talk about Abraham having a family that's so large, you know, in generation after generation. The Lord just kind of took him out and gave him a picture. Hey, you see, the, see all the stars in the sky? That's, that, that's going to be your family. I'm saying your family's going to be that big. Generations. You see the sands around you? You know, I, I, I'm deeply grateful for times that the Lord kind of gives us object lessons like that. It kind of, I think that that's just the heart of God, that if we just, that just sometimes he steps in and says, let me show you something to encourage you in this. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, there are several others in the Bible. I don't have time for all of them, but let me hit on a few. Uh, Moses, the Bible says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Get this. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. This is how he made it. He had eyes and heart. He, bad things were happening, but he said, I see something. I see something. And by faith he saw the invisible, it says here. He saw what God was going to do. Then there's Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6. You remember the account. The enemy's coming against him there. And there Elijah and uh, his, his servant or disciples there with him. And they come out and the servant sees just myriads of the, the enemy, the soldiers out there on the mountain. He looks up and sees all of the enemy against him. And, and he said, what in the world? I don't know what he said, what in the world or not. But he said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, what he saw was real. It was visible. They were, these, the enemy was visible. He saw the forces that were set against him. It was natural and logical for him to say, what are we going to do, Lord? He was in fear. That was the picture he saw. But Elisha saw a different picture. He saw with the eyes of faith. And then he said in verse 16, this is what he said to his servant. He said, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He saw something his servant couldn't see. I have an idea his servant said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, so Elisha told him, Elisha prayed. He says, open his eyes so that he can see. Man, we need open eyes. We need eyes of faith to be open. Numbers chapter 13. 
12 spies out into Canaan, out into the promised land that the Lord had promised to his people. Let's go check it out and see what's there. Let's, let's see the, the, the people that are, that are living there now. We need to check out the situation. So we sent them out. And they came back and 10 of them came back and said, oh, they brought back some of the, I mean, it took, it took two of them just to bring in some, you know, bunches of grapes. And I'm just, the, it, it was amazing. The bounty of that land, they said it's flowing uh, milk and honey. It is a bountiful land. Well, that was good news. Yeah, yeah, that's good news. But they didn't stop there. Uh, he said, the inhabitants are strong. All their cities are fortified. And there are giants. So he said, here's the good news. Oh, it's, it's great. It's a blessing. Here's the bad news. We've got enemies there. Cities are fortified against us. And there are giants out there. That's what they saw. It was real. They saw everything they said about, that they talked about. Well, what happened? What normally happens? People started whining. Whining. And well, of course, we say, tell it to Jesus. And then some people say, whine it to Jesus. Whine it. Whining. Whine. You know, so they embellished it then. I said, well, we're not going to, we can't do it. You've heard what they said. We, we, we just cannot do it. And, and, and they embellished it. But you know what they said next? They said, because we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, I don't think they heard anybody. They were spies. So they were, their goal was not to be seen by anyone. You understand? So I don't, think they, I don't think they heard anyone saying, hey, those Israelites out there, they're just like grasshoppers. You know the problem? The problem wasn't how other people saw them. The problem was how they saw themselves. Now, we're too little. We can't do it. We're not going to be able to make this. We're going to fail. Well, then there was old Joshua and Caleb that said, you know, the land is, is, is a blessed land. All that they've said is true. It basically came down and said in verse 30, he said, he said uh, here's his eyes of faith. Here's speaking. He says, Joshua says, this is what God has given us. Let's go up and get it. We can certainly conquer it. But unfortunately, there was doubt, unbelief there, and they did not do that. They failed. And you know those people's doubt and complaining and whining and everything, you know how the, the scripture tells us on the next chapter that that was pictured as rebellion against God. And that's, that's, that's a dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. Well, the Roman centurion, his servant was sick. He finally came to Jesus, had a, 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 an audience with Jesus, and he said, I really need you to come heal my servant. And... Uh, Jesus said, okay, here, just a minute, I'll come with you. He said, no, no, you don't have to just say the word, and I know he'll be healed. Yes. He could already see it. Understand? He could already see it. Very important. Jesus, in facing the cross, it says that actually he saw the outcome of his death and resurrection because it says, for the joy set before him... You know, what the, you know what it means by he did all of this, understanding or knowing because he saw the joy that was set out there before him? You know what that joy is? You. 
me, he could see what was going to happen as a result of the price he paid and it made it worth it because he saw with eyes of faith. Eyes of faith. I want to name five things to you before we go. And I'm sorry I couldn't get it down to three. I know it's supposed to be three, but it took me five. But I promise I'll go through those five quickly. I want to talk about the eyes of faith. First of all, the eyes of faith see beyond limitations. Oh, how often we limit God by our own logical reasoning. We limit Him. Do you see the cup half full or half empty? I see it half full. I'm positive. Wait. Think about it just a minute. As believers, we don't see half cup anything. It's a full cup and overflowing. Yeah? Don't set limitations on God. We limit God by our own belief. We limit God by by not trusting Him. We limit God by not stepping out and walking in His Word. We limit Him. It's amazing when you can think about an all-powerful God being limited by anything or anyone, but that's how God created things to be. We have choices to make. Don't limit God. Is there something in your life right now that just seems impossible? Are you facing some things that just seems just too difficult? You don't know how in the world it's going to happen. What, what would that be? Is it something financial? Something you kind of run, run, you know, you kind of come up against a wall. And you need breakthrough there, but you just can't figure it out. Uh, and, and there you are. And guys are worse this than ladies. I know ladies probably do, do but guys kind of made it where they just got to figure everything out. I got to figure everything out and make it work. I need to make this work. Well, we need to use our brain, use our mind, make wise decisions. But sometimes you just can't, you know, it's just important for you just to believe God. If you come up against some things and you just feel like you cannot break through, then stop limiting God. Start believing Him for big things. Start, we may have to start small, but begin to believe that God can do more. Well, how much more? I don't know. But He can do how much more? Yes, He can do more. Whatever, whatever. He can do more. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything or more than anything you would ask according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. More than. He's a more than God. Whatever you're facing right now, he's more than that. The eyes of faith see beyond the past. And I, I think this probably has hindered a lot of us over time because we've had some faith failures. We've had some times that things just didn't happen the way we wanted them to or even the way we prayed. And we're trying to figure out what the problem is. And every time you start taking a step and believing God for something and walking in faith, the devil loves to remind you of those times where it didn't seem like it worked. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Look, my, my past, I, first of all, I don't deserve this because of my past. No, we don't deserve it. That's why we call it grace. Now, you can't get beyond past failures, but you've got to get down inside of your heart that you are the righteousness of God in Christ and these promises. Here. Thirdly, we must, eyes of faith, must see beyond reason or logic. Things, when God calls you to do something, put something out there before you, it won't always make sense. It won't always be logical. 
but have the boldness and have the courage to step on out even if it doesn't make sense in your mind. I'm not saying be really weird or stupid about something. You understand what I'm saying? But it doesn't have to make sense as far as our own lives are concerned at times. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, we don't look at the things which are seen. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that something? He's talking to believers, talking to me and you. He says, now, oh, we don't look at things which are seen. Well, does that make any sense to you? Well, of course we look at things that are seen. But here's the emphasis. He says, we don't look at things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen, the invisible, the spiritual world which is real, though it's invisible. We look at what God promises instead of what the circumstances are. We believe he's already given it to us even though we cannot see it or feel it. We believe it's ours. That is faith now. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For eyes of the heart, eyes of faith sees, always sees, sees God's power and promises. The eyes see God's power and God's promises. It requires a new heart. Got to start with coming to Christ. Then you got to renew your mind. Begin to think according to the word and how God, how, how God thinks, if you will. How the mind of Christ in you begin to line up your thoughts with what God. You know, it's a real problem today. People get saved. They come to know the Lord, but they never renew their mind to where they, they develop a thought pattern that lines up with Christ. They develop a thought pattern that lines up with God's will. So we're over here in this area mentally trying to operate in our own world here, and we've got a new heart. And it just doesn't work well at all. We must renew our mind with the Word of God because you understand that you build that faith. You get the Word in you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by, by the Word. You get the Word in you. That builds confidence. And once that builds confidence... What happens? You get a picture. You get a picture on the inside of you. You begin to picture what you believe God has promised you. You picture it. You already see it. You can't see it with your physical eyes, but you see it. God builds a picture on the inside of you. I'm not talking about uh, a strange psychology uh, type of thing to where you just, uh, it's just some type of mental exercise. I'm talking about something that happens in your spirit where it becomes real to you. It's, it, God has promised you, I believe it. I don't see it yet with these eyes, but I see it down inside of me, and I'm going to make confession. I'm going to share. I'm going to talk about this. And the truth is, is that confidence plus confession equals change. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12 says, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer and perfecter, the finisher of your faith. See through eyes of faith. And the last thing, number five, is when you do this, I like this one, you see results. You see results. You know, the, the commercial says, what do you have in your wallet? You know, I need to ask you this morning. What do you have in your heart? What do you have? Can you see the invisible? Can you believe for the impossible? Can you get to a place to where you can learn to walk out living a life where you live by faith and not by sight? I believe you can. And as that happens, you're going to begin to see these breakthroughs. You're going to begin to see miracles. It may just be in increments or it may just be a big explosive event in your life. 
But you're going to be able to see these things because why? This is not about you getting stuff. This is not about this focus on you because you live by faith. It's to bring him honor. It's to bring him glory. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want us to pray right now and we're going to just turn our eyes on him this morning. Focus for just a moment before we dismiss. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your word today. Give us eyes that can see. Enlighten our eyes, our understanding of your word. Build us up on the inside with your word. Develop faith in us, Lord, as we get that word in us and help us to live by faith and not by sight. We're believing you for good things, Lord. We're believing you for wisdom. We're believing you, Lord, to touch our lives, to change those areas in our life where we need. Lord, we believe that you're giving us eyes to see your heart and your will and to see results in Jesus' name.